Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized into Christ faithful in their calling to be your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For our children's sermon today, what do I have here? That's right, I have two bottles of water. Now think about all the things that we use water for. When we're thirsty, we drink some water and we feel refreshed right away. We also use water to clean ourselves and to clean things. God uses water for something special too. Of course, water itself is a gift from God, but God also uses water for something really special, and that is baptism. When we are baptized, God uses water to do something to us. He uses water to make us his children. When we are baptized, what God says to us is, You are my child. I am with you. I am always there to help you. Whatever you need, I am here for you. So whenever you feel sad, whenever life gets you down, whenever you're struggling with something you don't know how to handle, remember, you are baptized which means you are God's child, which means he is with you. Every time you ask him for help, he will come and help you, because you are baptized and you are his child. Let's say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for making me your child. Amen. Our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 7. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out, or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Here ends the first reading. The second reading is from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 38. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. 
You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Here ends the second reading. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter, beginning at the fourth verse. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region, and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What is a Christian, really? I bet if you asked everyone, not only in our church, but if you asked everyone in, in every single church here in Farmersville, you'd probably get at least a hundred different responses. For some, being a Christian means living a certain lifestyle. For others, it means going to church on Sunday. For still others, it may even mean voting a certain way or fighting for a certain cause. But here's the actual honest dictionary definition of a Christian. A person who has received Christian baptism or is a believer in Christianity. That's actually a very broad definition. Literally, thank God. For far too long we have tried to narrow down the definition of being a Christian to the point of trying to cast people out of Christianity for arbitrary reasons. Instead, it's time for us to focus on just that definition. A Christian is someone who has received Christian baptism and everything it means. What baptism means, most of all, is freedom. It is freedom from slavery to sin, fear of eternal death, and the power of the devil, yes. But it is also freedom from any kind of worry about whether we are committed enough, faithful enough, or holy enough for God. We might tend to think that baptism is a sign of our commitment to God, when it is actually the other way around. Baptism is a solid, concrete, and powerful sign of God's commitment to us. It is not something we do, but something God does to us. It is also not something that is made effective by our own faith or feelings, but by the power of God working through it to accomplish great things in our hearts, minds, and lives. The method of baptism, whether sprinkling, pouring, or dunking, does not in any way change the, the validity of the baptism, 
nor does the age at which one is baptized. Both infant and adult baptisms are perfectly acceptable. Baptism is also not only a symbol, but it is God using ordinary water for something extraordinary, to unite us to the death and resurrection of Jesus, drowning our old self and forming a new us every day. God's commitment to us does not depend on our emotions or our feelings. The fervency of our prayers and devotions do not influence God's commitment to us because He still remains committed and close to us. In other words, the strength or lack of strength of our prayers have no effect on God's faithfulness to us. He remains faithful no matter what, and, even though we may express our faith in God in different ways, He remains faithful in the same way towards each of us. Which even means that our worship, devotion, or prayer style does not cause God's power to be more or less effective. He is still the same, and He still does the same for us no matter how we worship or pray. Even if we feel far away from God at times, He is still committed to us. Baptism is also a visible sign of the promise that Jesus has done everything necessary for us to be saved. We contribute nothing to our salvation, nor do we guarantee our promise of eternal life by anything we do. It also means that we are free from any kind of anxiety over whether we have to feel a certain way, pray or worship a certain way, or express our faith and devotion to God in a certain way to show how Christian we are. Whether or not we have said a certain prayer, or had a certain kind of mental or emotional experience, is of no consequence to our being able to call ourselves Christians. The fact we are baptized means we are Christian, and that is enough. Which in turn means that our personal performance has nothing to do with our salvation. Of course, every other part of our life is governed by performance. When we work at our job, we have to keep in mind that we are evaluated every so often. In class, we're expected to do the work so we can get points and good grades. We're even expected to behave a certain way when we're driving out on the roads. We have to do everything according to a certain standard to show we're performing the way we're supposed to. And we think that's the same for being a Christian. We look at the commandments and what we think are their rules that we have to follow. But here's the truth. Our religion is not one that is performance-based. Anything that tries to define a true Christian by performance is false religion. We are not to measure ourselves by how closely we keep laws, rules, and regulations, especially human-made ones. Conforming to a certain moral, political, social, or cultural standard or expectation is not what defines a Christian. Instead, we are free to live according to God's direction, to how He guides us to live our lives where we are, and where we are in life. We are free to follow our conscience, as God directs. We are also to be free from any expectation of a certain kind of performance as being part of the church. Being part of our church family is meant to be just that, being part of our family unconditionally. In other words, you're simply valued as a part of our church family because you're here, instead of based on what you can contribute. You are loved and treasured simply because of who you are, because God does that for you. 
As Peter says in today's second reading, God does not show favoritism, but accepts people from every nation who fear him and do what is right. And what fearing him and doing what is right means, simply trusting and following him in response to his commitment to us. As part of God's commitment to us in baptism, one thing we are promised, as John the Baptist says, is that we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is usually accompanied not by miraculous signs and wonders as we may think of them, but by faith for a daily walk with God. Again, this faith and daily walk is expressed in different ways by different people, yet it is still faith in the same God, Lord, and Savior. This faith and daily walk is also a response to being baptized, but it is still baptism and not a particular outward model that defines being a Christian. It means being changed by the Holy Spirit more and more to become like Jesus, but again, not to conform to a rigid outward model or standard, but to reflect the nature of Jesus. And what a lot of this is talking about is the fact that, especially in the past few years, it seems as though legalism has been rearing its head in Christianity again. The definition of legalism is either excessive adherence to law or formula, or, more specifically for Christianity, dependence on moral law rather than personal religious faith. Legalism nowadays takes many forms, forbidding or requiring certain foods, drinks, media, or even insistence on voting for or against a certain political party or candidate. Anything that claims God has the same opinion on any issue that we do is legalism. It is also not limited to one particular side of the moral or political spectrum. To be straight up, anytime standards for opinion on hot-button issues or controversial issues of the day are imposed on, ev on everyone, especially with any kind of threat or ex of exclusion, then there is legalism. This has especially been the case with certain, with certain ongoing political and medical issues and debates over what positions churches ought to take. After 20 years in ordained ministry, I personally now want to take the opportunity, because I am able to, to give all Christians the freedom from such an approach as has plagued Christianity for a long time. It's time to move on from rules and statements and follow Jesus instead. It is not the role of the sermon to say Christians should or shouldn't do this or that, or think this way, or respond this way to this issue. God has created us with consciences, and the most responsible way to follow God is to follow our consciences, which are guided by Him. Legalism blinds us to the truth of God's love, imprisons us in guilt, hatred, and judgment, and causes us to sin in darkness, where we are unable to see who God really is and what He thinks of us. Today, and as Isaiah promises, Jesus himself wants to open our eyes, free us from prison, and turn on the light to free us from legalism and to live in joy, happiness, and freedom for him instead. If you have been struggling with wondering whether you are good enough for God, if you have done enough to guarantee your salvation, or whether you are following God's rules enough, here is the truth. You can be free from struggling and worrying about all that today. Jesus has already fulfilled all the requirements for your being saved, 
and he has already obeyed the commandments perfectly on your behalf. Also, if you were raised in any kind of tradition, denomination, or church, where you were expected to measure up to a certain standard, look a certain way, perform a certain way, or follow certain rules, know that none of what you have experienced and was expected of you was from God. If you have been made to feel guilty because you did certain things you were told and led to believe were sinful or wrong, then be free today from your guilt, because such condemnation is not from God. Also, if you have been made to feel guilty because you didn't adhere to a certain doctrine, teaching, or practice the right way, then be free from your guilt. God looks on the heart, not on standards. Remember that because you are baptized, you are already a Christian, and nothing else matters. Let the reality of your baptism free you from whatever shame was laid on you because of what was not of God, and let God himself love you just as you are. In baptism, God says, You are my child, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You are baptized, so you are saved, and that is enough. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. With gratitude for the gift of Christ, let us draw near to our Heavenly Father in prayer, asking His mercy for the Church, the world, and all who need His loving kindness. Heavenly Father, You revealed Your Son in the wondrous Epiphany in the Jordan. So also You have revealed Your name and blessing to us in holy baptism, declaring us Your beloved heirs. Grant that all those baptized into Christ would receive the boldness of Your servant John, to lead faithful and pure lives in this world, ever mindful of our promised heavenly inheritance. Help us daily die to sin and rise to newness of life, living with joy as your baptized children. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, bless all places where your people teach and learn. Guide teachers and students that together we would marvel at your creation and appreciate the depth of your wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Lord, your Son Jesus is the Christ and the true King of this world. Grant great humility to the rulers of the nations, that they would submit to the preaching of his holy word for the sake of their own souls and for the good of your holy people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we remember the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., we pray that your holy and life-giving spirit may move every human heart, that the barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, and that, with our divisions healed, we might live in justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give comfort and relief to those who are sick, depressed, tired, confused, or in any need, especially all those whom we name silently in our hearts.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal God, you have made us your own people by baptism and granted us your Holy Spirit to confess Christ in word and deed. We remember with thanksgiving those who went before us, who passed the faith on to us, and who now rest in Christ from all their labors. Since we have died with Christ through baptism, grant that we would be raised with him also. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and 